Welcome to Spooky or Bust, a podcast exploring the world of all things paranormal, serial, and conspiratorial. My name is November. And I'm MW. So today we're going to try something a little bit different. So we put all of the states that we have not covered yet um, as little slips and put them inside of a Ziploc bag. And we are going to draw one of the states out. Then we're going to give ourselves 15 minutes to do research and then come up with our stories for you guys. I think it's... I think it's going to be hilarious. I'm so we, excited. We have like 20 minutes to do research or whatever. I'm setting a timer. Like, I'm legit going to set a timer. I'm totally fine with that. And okay. then we're going to pause and then we're going to come back. I'm really hoping. I have a couple ones that I'm like kind of hoping for you to pick, but. Okay. Do the honors. Bum, ba, da, da. Okay. Okay, come on. Be a good state. West Virginia. Hmm. I'm sure we can find I'm sure there's that. a lot of good things in West Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will be back. Uh, after a brief recess. Wait, to... you gotta start the timer. Wait. Oh, I was gonna. It's nine thirty nine, so I'm gonna start it at nine forty. Oh, okay. And then, so that gives us twenty minutes. So at ten p.m., we are going to pick up where we just left off. Okay. All Perfect. Right. Hold on. Let me <laughs> set my shit here. Okay. All right. We'll be back. You're so close. Three, no. two, one. Oh, where's my moment? There we go. Time's up. No! <laughs> okay. All right, your 20 minutes is up. Oh, my goodness. All right, what did you what did you find? Okay, so... You I, don't have to tell the whole story if you don't want to. Just tell me what it is. No. Or so, you can tell the whole story, whatever you want. I chose the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Okay. I'm interested. Which, oh, my gosh. The pictures look super creepy, and I really want to go. Old amusement parks are creepy. But, like, this stuff is still there. Yeah, a lot of them are. Like, where do you put that shit? I mean, that's fair. Like, I don't know. All of, all of the old whatever it is is still there from Disney. Oh, that's That true. old water park? Yeah. River, river Country? Yeah, River Country. Yeah, that thing. All that shit's still there. I know. I just... What, is, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. Like, just, like, one of the pictures that I came across was, like, the swings that are still there and, like, just, like, the creepy, like, background the of, swings like, all five. Swings themselves are so creepy. It's like the the circle swings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but just like thinking, you're like looking at like an abandoned park. Like the swings are always the things that creak, and like that shit is creepy. That's yeah. Like the beginning of Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. That scene them was just like what. <laughs> Mike can tell you good haunted amusement park stories though too. Really. He used to work security at a Six Flags, and he swore oh, yeah. it was haunted. The one, the St. Louis one. Yeah. It's like really not in St. Louis. It. The Six Flags? Yeah. Is that the Kentucky Kingdom one? No. Okay. It's, um... Oh, there's another one. I forgot, I forgot oh, yeah, what can, the title is. The, new, the Kentucky Kingdom is now owned by Holiday World. You know, I'm this is... Sure. Uh, you know, like, we used to drive there, like, just to, like, a day trip there. Why am I cold? <laughs> but, yeah, I, um, I went to apply for a job there. And, like, you go through this, like, back road to get in, and, like, behind the scenes looks so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But I just... Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to get us on a sidetrack. <laughs> What's well, no, your so... thing? Okay, so... Freezing. This was said to be, um... I can't look at this guy's picture. <laughs> I'm so excited for your story. It's really creeping me out. Oh, my goodness. So, this was the site of a massacre, essentially, so... Oh, shit. Not a massacre, but, like, murders. Um, uh, so the amusement park? 
Yeah. People were murdered in an amusement park? Like, this was, it was built on top of the grounds. Oh, fuck. Okay. But there were some mysterious deaths. So, got it, got it. Okay. Um, everything that I pulled from was from, like, WV Tourism. Okay. Which I thought was super funny. So, WV Tourism and Hey, then, people are into, people are into <laughs> haunted shit, like you. Yeah. That and uh, visitmercercounty.com, which is, it's obviously in Mercer County. Okay. So, if you ever decide you want to go by and visit, the address is 470 Matoka Road, West Virginia, Rock, West Virginia. Can you go visit? Yeah. Is it, like, open or, like, they have tours or is it just, like, You a... can do, like, tours and just, like, walk around. Got it, okay. And then for Halloween, they, well, I say that loosely. Because, you know, coronavirus. Um, but, like, True. they do, it's called the Dark Carnival. And if you oh. look at their website, they've got their information from 2018. Mm-hmm. It was, like, 15 to $75 to go. Um, and they have a photo history tour, Lake Nightmare, a terrifying walkthrough maze of scares that will have you praying for the end. <laughs> and apparently, like, Travel Channel's gone, and they did um, their episode on their show Dead Files. Um, okay. This is one of the most terrifying places in America. Discovery Channel's Ghost Lab, ABC's 10 Most Haunted Places in the World, and National Geographic. So they've gotten a lot of notoriety for this. Clearly. Um, you could reserve a camping spot there, too. Oh, hell no. Yeah. This says on Visit Mercer County, also new this year, you can choose to spend the night. Call 304-921-1580 to reserve a camping spot. Oh, fuck no. Right? Oh, my gosh. So. Nope. I nope. definitely want to go see it. I'll go the visit videos. during the day, for sure. Oh, yes. No, it's got to be creepy looking. I think it would still look <laughs> creepy during the day. Ghosts don't Ghosts don't limit themselves to nighttime. Yeah, but I feel like when you're in the atmosphere of, like, where it's dark, I think you're already more heightened versus in, like, the day you're kind of like, oh, everything's fine because it's daytime. Like, yeah. for some reason, we just have that false sense of security of, like, nothing goes wrong in the day because, like, when you watch horror movies, it's like... Always at night. That hour of, like... You know, 3 a.m. or something where bad things happen. Yeah. So when the sun's out, you don't really think of that. But yeah. So the Clay family. Uh, so Mitchell Clay in the 18th century, he brought his family out west, and they established an 800-acre farm. And it says he raised 14 children. And then in 1783, a Native American tribe killed two children, and then kidnapped another boy only to burn him at the stake jesus christ yeah so obviously the father retaliated with help from other settlers um they tracked down and they killed some of the native americans and of course the land was never the same yeah i feel like they would have just done that though yeah like they had to have been provoked yeah so something happened that caused i mean just being on the i don't know i'm not gonna get into that but so but yeah. all of that that happened on that land. Okay. Um, so Native American land. So like poltergeist. Okay. Shit's already definitely haunted. Yeah. So then in the 1920s, um, a gentleman by the name of Conley Snido, S-N-I-D-O-W, he purchased the property in the 1920s, and then he created the uh, amusement okay. with so circular swings, a water slide, a dance hall, a speakeasy. And a pond and swimming hole complete with canoes. It says, at this point, things started to go wrong. Uh, Lake Shawnee fans know the f- it's, it's that people who are a fan of this area know the details intimately. So, a little girl died on the swings and a boy drowned in a pond. 
And then it also says, all told, roughly six visitors died during the amusement park's brief history. And then in 1966, the attraction was abandoned. Um, and at this point, they kind of left everything as is to kind of, you know, make way. Well, not make way, but at that point, like, once they've given up on kind of that land, everything's mm -hmm. kind of started to overgrow. So, like, as you would imagine, you know, with, like, the swings and everything, like, the the trees are going through it and, like, right. glossing over and Creepy everything. Shit. Yeah. So, and then it says, uh, after 20 years, another businessman approached Lake Shawnee. Gaylord White um, decided he wanted to kind of, he had the idea of like making future neighborhoods. And then as he kind of started to work on that, it talks about, so construction, uh, crews tore into the grass and the soil, they unearthed bones and Native American artifacts. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So it turns out that it was in fact set on top of an ancient burial ground. So, so, like, so like real poltergeisty. Yeah, like like the movie. Like they just decided to build on top of it and bad was things. Was the happened. movie based off this? Was I don't the know. Was, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I mean to be fair, like I feel like that just seems like a good What was the movie? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, keep going. Archaeologists believe that the remains had been there long before the settlers moved west. So that kind of begs the question, you know, was the Clay family cursed? Or was that even maybe, like, what made the Native Americans pissed at them for living there in the first place? Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. Aw. It's based on a house on Long Island. We should look at that next time when we go back. When we go back to New York? Yes. That would be amazing. All right. I can't read any more about anything because I have to remember <laughs> everything that happened with my story. <laughs> Continue. Oh, goodness. So, let's see. So, some of the haunting stuff that they've kind of mentioned is um, hearing footsteps, mysterious chants, and children. Oh, no, no, no. Sometimes no. the swing's moving on their own. That I can um, see. Apparently, at one point, someone got locked into a ticket booth, uh, even though the doors don't lock. What? Yeah. That's looking at the visitmercercounty.com. It says... Um, at one point, someone got locked in a shabby ticket booth, even though the doors don't lock. So, is Lake Shawnee County really haunted? Decide for yourself. So, like, they think someone, like, a spirit was, like, holding the door shut? Yeah. No so when you run! Yeah, no fucking thanks. Oh, my goodness. Get me the hell away from there. <laughs> yeah. So, and even though this is private property, like we mentioned, um, there are paranormal tours throughout the year. Um, the event in October. Apparently you can also rent it out for camping if you call that number. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities to visit and go through like the Haunted Trail, Cookie Maze. Um, there's even list on that visitmercercounty.com. It says there's also a Haunted Trail through a corn maze complete with creepy clowns. You can no. even camp out if you dare. Ha mm -mm. I do not do. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Do not do clowns. Oh my goodness. Nope. I do not do clowns. That. I, one day, I think this is something I'm going to have to do. This looks I mean, amazing. It, it sounds pretty cool. Like, the like the haunted amusement park sounds, like, I would like to go to an abandoned mus amusement park just because that sounds cool. Like, yeah. I don't want to go there at night, and I don't want to stay the night. 
Yeah, like, even looking at, like, the pictures that, like, if you, even, like, I was looking at atlasobscura.com, mm-hmm. the pictures they have, it's, like, there's a Ferris wheel with, like, the growth over it, and even in the pictures, like, it looks, like, dark and cloudy and spooky, even in the middle of the day. Oof. Weird, 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 weird. Yes. I don't even like to camp normally, let alone somewhere that's supposed to be haunted. I might literally die. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of camping, but... I think the one thing about this is, like, when you have to remember, like, the time period that this was built. So it's not like when you think of a Ferris wheel, like, super night. I mean, I don't really think Ferris wheels are necessarily... Ferris like, wheels are death traps. Well, when you think about it, you think of, like, when you watch TV shows and they have, like, the bar that comes down versus now, like, in Orlando, like, you see the eye where it's, like, the nice bucket with, like, the door that closes and everything. So this is, of course, going to be, like, that old school, old school style and, like, the seats for the swings honestly look just kind of like a flat board. No thanks. Like, maybe they've just deteriorated to that point, but, like, when you look at the pictures, it, it looks just like a square, like, wood board with, like, the chains Let connecting them. Look, the seats are even purple looking. Oh, God. <laughs> that does look creepy. Yeah. Definitely <sighs> looks like an interesting place to check out. Yeah, that's a... You should put that on your bucket list. Definitely. The one thing about this to note, um, and this was coming from Mm atlasobscura.com, so for their know before you go, it does mention visiting by the park is by appointment only. So you do have to call and schedule for, like, your haunted tours um, and that camping. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it makes sense if it's something like... Haunted stuff like that is, like, really popular. Like, abandoned amusement parks are, like, super popular. Yeah, and it does say there is a fee to participate. Um, it does say that there is a lot of walking and, of course, well, of course, it's a music damp work. and wet grass. Anyone that thinks that they're not going to walk, have a lot of walking when they go to an amusement park, flat, it completely flabbergasts me. Yeah. Okay, just, I'm like, how? How do you not assume you're going to be walking? I don't know. All right, so let's hear what you came up with. Oh, God. Okay. I'm so excited. You were making all these noises while we were doing research. Because it makes me, this story makes me so uncomfy. Okay, so I went on to Murderpedia for mine. Because I was like, what's the quickest way to find something? Murderpedia, obviously. So I found, for West Virginia, Harry F. Powers. His birth name was Herman Drenth. D-R-E-N-T-H. I'm going to say Drenth. <laughs> um, I like when we make up our own way of pronouncing things. Right. He was born in 1889. And... Most of his, like, what he was caught for was in, like, the late 20s, very early 30s. So, he's also known as the Mail Order Bluebeard and the West Virginia Bluebeard. (laughs) Do you know what a bluebeard is? Is that a pirate? That's a (laughs) blackbeard. My bad. (laughs) You shouldn't you know this? You're a Victorian pirate on Instagram. Hey, look, you can be <laughs> multiple different kinds of pirates. You're right, you're right. Okay. Black so, bluebeard, whatever it takes. I literally just typed, because I was like, what is a bluebeard? So I literally just typed in bluebeard to Google, and it's a story. Like, it's a French folktale about, um, it was written by Charles Perrault. What's it, we're going to say it is. Um, and the plot of this folklore is it, a bluebeard is a wealthy and powerful nobleman 
who was married several times to beautiful women who have all mysteriously vanished. So if that tells you anything about where my story is going. You went from black widows to blueberries. Right? So this... Right? Why are my stories all theming sounding the same? I don't want to kill my boyfriend. Right? Oh, God. (laughs) Um, So he... I'm not going to go through the whole plot of the story Bluebeard, but the one I found is on Wikipedia. And honestly, like, seriously, look it up. Because it's like... I read it and was like, holy fuck. Like, just, it's a quick read. So just Yeah, like, she was making all sorts of noises while she was doing this research. Yeah. The thing that gave me the most shock is this story apparently is so popular that the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has defined the term Bluebeard as a man who marries and kills one wife after another. So I was like, there's no fucking way. So I looked it up. On merriamwebster.com, if you type in the word bluebeard, it is a noun, often capitalized. The definition is a man who marries and kills one wife after another. It is a, I literally was like, what? That's where I went, (gasps) (laughs) we're doing this research. Like, oof. That, I'm just shocked that it's like a, in the dictionary kind of thing. So, this story Obviously, we know what it's going to be about now. But he has confirmed... Are you reading the story? <laughs> I So I just Googled Bluebeard. And, like, you know how to know, like, what people ask and it'll have a bunch of different things? Yeah. The first one says, why did Bluebeard kill his wives? Bluebeard, the title character of Charles Perrault's story... Yep. Barbara... Uh, I can't even pronounce that. Kills his wives for looking into the locked room where he stores the corpses of other disobedient wives. Yep. Wait till you read the actual folk so the folklore. Oh my god. I don't want to finish this because I'm afraid I'm going to ruin your story, so keep going. I mean, it, the name kind of says it for itself. Yeah. But, so, he's confirmed with killing five people. Two women, three children. The police from the 30s believe that he may have as many as 50 victims. But he never admitted to anything other than the five. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When he was in prison, it's there's a quote from him saying, um, you got me on five. Why would, what would, what good would 50 more do? I'm sorry, what? And so if he did have more, he never told them where they were buried, uh, what happened to them, what their names were, nothing. So for this story, there's two different, from what I've seen, at least on Murderpedia, there's two different ways that he said to murder these women. The first one being in a similar scenario to our folktale, where he had a chamber in his house, like in his garage, there was a chamber underground, um, known one like known as his research lab. So he had a killing chamber where they were bound and lethal gas was piped in. Holy shit! And then the other one was his operations room, where he would sit behind a plate of glass and watch them die. I mean, sure, at this point, why not? 
Yeah. Uh, there's also said he used a claw hammer to, like, from the last victims, the three children, mm-hmm. he used a claw hammer to bludgeon them to death. Leave the children alone. Right? Oh, my God. What a horrible fucking person. I don't glad, like this. I'm glad he's dead. But still, he took, like, he, they're, it's, they believe, they truly, truly, even I think would if you were to ask them now, if they were to look into it, they believe that he killed so many more people. But he took all of it with him when he died. Because he he was hung. So the other story, like the other, you know, they say that he used the gas chamber. But then other stories say that he would hang them. And that he hanged all the women. Mm-hmm. But he still bludgeoned the children. And that he would bludgeon the children almost immediately after he took them. But he also robbed them all blind. So how he got a hold of these women... He is exactly, like, like I said in the beginning, mail order Bluebeard. So he would do mail correspondence with them. Like hmm. they would mail back and mail letters back and forth and, you know, say all these lovely, lovely things and whatever. And he would um, convince them to move out to West Virginia with him and like come out there with him. And they were going to get married and all of these things. And they would, he would convince them to empty their bank accounts and then come. So they would empty their bank accounts, and then he would either go get them or they would come to him. And he would put them in their chamber, take all their money, and then obviously murder them. I mean, he didn't even wait. No. You know why he didn't wait? Because he had a fucking wife and kids at home. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So he just, you know... Yeah, while, while, all while his family was home. Um, Where did his wife think he was? I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. But this one, this story, in kind of like the way he was caught, of course, it's from the 30s, so I feel like there's always a million sides to every single story when it comes to the older stories. But, so this one is, um, oh, gosh. Mrs. Eichner. Eicher? E-I-C-H-E-R? Eicher? That sounds right. Sure, Eicher. Um, had, she had a tenant living with her, and his name was William O'Boyle. And she told him, hey, you need to move out. Um, I'm having this other person, his name was Pearson. I'm having Pearson come in, and he's going to come live with me. And he was like, oh, okay. You know, O'Boyle, O'Boyle's like, okay, whatever. Like, that's fine. Um, I'll move out. So he go, he, you know, he moves out, he leaves. After that, after Pearson moves in, she and her children completely disappear. So no one really noticed that they were gone until August when William went back to their house because he had some stuff he left behind. Mm-hmm. So he went back to the house to get his stuff and her and the children were, were gone. So William was like, hey man, like, you know, what are you doing? Because he's taking everything out of the house. He's like, where's, where is she at? Where are her kids? And Pearson, like he's going by, is emptying their house completely, like selling everything off. <laughs> so William calls the police and, you know, because he's asking about this missing family and they're like, oh, I don't know anything about it, you know, whatever. So the man introduced himself as Pearson saying he's from a Fairmont hotel over in Fairmont, West Virginia that the family had moved to Colorado and had left him behind to settle all their affairs. 
So, and he even, like, has a letter that is supposedly in her handwriting saying that he had paid her property taxes and their mortgage and that he's going to tidy up the house and prepare it for renters. And then, but he could not tell them anything about where the family was or, like, where the family was doing. Like, why they were in Colorado, why all of a sudden they moved. So, the police start asking people in Fairmont, like, hey, have you heard of this guy? You know, what's going on? No one had ever heard of him before. So everyone in this town is like, no, I have no idea who that is. And as the trail is about to go cold, they go back through the house one more time and they find a series of love letters. And these letters led them to a small property in West Virginia. Um, The property was called Quiet Dell, where Pearson lived under the name Harry Powers with his wife. Oh, sorry, not his wife and kids, with his wife of four years. For some reason, I read that his wife and four children with his wife. (laughs) He lived with his wife, Luella. So it Aww. says that Quiet Dell soon becomes known as the murder farm. So Powers insisted that the family had gone west. And then a few seconds after that, he sputtered that the widow had traveled with him to West Virginia. So he's like, no, they went that way. Actually, they came back here with me. So the conflicting stories, of course, you know, raise detective suspicions. They're like, what is going on? Then they had learned that Powers had built a garage on his property, like, just within the past couple months. So they go look inside, and they found jewelry, clothes, and other items that belonged to the family. And then soon after that, the widow and her children were found. On August 28th, police dug up four corpses wrapped in burlap sacks and buried in shallow graves. And then a day later, they found the body of another woman in the garage. She was identified as Dorothy Lemke. She was a 50-year-old divorcee. And both of them had gone missing in July. Isn't that crazy? That's awful. So then they go through his home and they find correspondence from more than a hundred love-starved widows and spinsters from all over the country. Holy shit. Yeah. It's not saying that he, like, committed all these, that he's just writing letters to all of these people. But, like, a hundred different women. Yeah, he's writing letters to, Does he just call them all babe and honey? How does he not, like, I don't understand... Probably. I don't know. I mean, it's a letter, so it's written down in front of you. That's fair. It's not like a text message where you have to scroll all the way to the top to figure out what their name is. And you're like, should I text the wrong girl? <laughs> LOL. Not that that's ever happened Look, Peggy, to Peggy, that was for Patricia. My bad. <laughs> not that that's ever happened to either of us. <laughs> um, so, they also found letter you know all those letters they found pictures and like a trunk in his house that he had been operating as a love racketeer for more than a decade oh fuck yeah and then there's a roll of film that they developed that was showing pictures of dorothy limkey and powers together so like all this stuff so after you know grilling by police he finally confesses to the five murders um he promised marriage to to iker um and her kids from Chicago, and she he drove them from Chicago to where they are in West Virginia. Locked them up for a few days, then took them to a room where he suspended a noose from the rafters. And it says, so this is where the story goes with the hanging. They were hanged one by one, um, and then they were all, the kids were killed with the hammer. Because the kids were, like, screaming, obviously. And he no. was afraid that his neighbors were going to hear it. So he murdered them with hammers. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and Lemke arrived a day after the, the, Iker, the Iker family, and she was immediately rushed to the garage and locked up and hanged. They, so they dug up, like, the entire farm, and they didn't get any more bodies. Um, they, they, you know, they're like, there's a strong suspicion that he's killed before. There's no way he's, you know, he hasn't done this before. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, how many people have you murdered? And he's like, I don't know. Bro. What? I don't know. I feel like if you're, like, when you're about to be hung, I'd have been like, here's the number. Yeah. Have a nice he life. didn't even have. He didn't even. His last word was no. Like when he was hanged, I'm about to get to that. But his last word was no. Yeah. So after like all of this happens, and he's like obviously going to going to court, other women start coming forward about like how he wooed them and like how he got them to try and like empty. He got them to empty their bank accounts, but like not to come visit him. So. One lady, um, Bessie Stores, told the Associated Press that her wedding had been planned for the day Powers had been arrested. Which I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like she was supposed to marry him that day? Yeah. Like, that was oh. the day she was supposed to go meet him. Like, go to his house. So she would have been the next victim, but he was arrested that day. Fuck. Right? So basically it was, as soon as he pocketed all their cash, he vanished. So he, w- he would, you know, take all their money, but then leave them. So some of them survived after they met him which and of course you know Iker and Lemke's bank accounts had been cleared out just before the murders mm-hmm. so no one there's no speculation as to why he did it he did it for the money obviously of course but this part I found super interesting so in anticipation of and I'm gonna read this verbatim because I just found it so interesting um, in anticipation of enormous crowds, the trial, which started on December 7th, 1931, was moved from a courtroom to a 1,200-seat opera house in Clarksburg. Yeah. From, like, a regular tiny courtroom to a 1,200-seat opera house. They had, the, they had his trial. Holy Jesus. Yeah, like, that's how many people were there. It's said that during his trial, he literally yawned through the first day. He chewed gum. Like, he did not care. And then apparently when he got on the stand, he was crying. Like, oh my god. He said that his miserable marriage drove him to seek out mail-order sweethearts. But on the stand, he denied any of the killing. So, like, recanting his confession. It took the jury an hour and 50 minutes in the opera house dressing room to convict him. And the penalty was death by hanging. Which I felt like was just such sweet justice. Right? That's appropriate. Like, if he did hang them, you know, there's a story if he hung them or if they, he yeah. used the gas chamber, but I feel like it's so much more likely that he hung them. Like, what? Did, do they bring his wife on the stand? Like, I don't know. It doesn't say. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure I could find that, but I only had 20 minutes. I know. <laughs> but, yeah. So, like... He, on his, you know, at the gallows, March 18th, 1932, he was given the chance to offer his last statement. They asked him, you know, is there any, did you commit any other crimes or like, you know, what do, what do you want your last words? And he just said, no. He said, no, the trap door opened. That was it. It took him 11 minutes to die, though. Yeah, I remember reading a long time ago when we were talking about corporal punishment in school that, like, not everybody died. Like, if your nap snacked and you... Your neck snapped? I got you. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> I apologize. I was sick earlier this week, and I think I'm still recovering, so my brain is not there. It's fine. Um, but I remember talking about how if that, like, if your neck snapped, you were super lucky because most people were just stuck there until they just suffocated. Yeah. And that was. Yep. That was it. Yep. Yeah, it took him 11 minutes to die. Good. So he hung there for 11 minutes. Good. Yeah, he suffered. I think it's funny. I like to think that he suffered. So right underneath where it had, like, the question of uh, why did Bluebeard kill his wives, the next one says, what is the moral of Bluebeard? Proud's morale is that curiosity only causes problems because it either leads to discovering something we wish we didn't know, or at best we lose our sense of wonder as soon as the reality is revealed to us. Yeah, so the story is, like, the, the actual Bluebeard story is that he, all of his wives have mysteriously vanished. So he visits his neighbors and asks one of the daughters to marry him. And they're all, like, terrified. They're like, fuck no, I don't want to marry this creepy-ass guy who's all his wives disappear. And, you know, after he hosts this wonderful banquet and chooses the second, the second, I'm sorry, the youngest daughter to be his wife, very much against her will. So she goes to live with him in his rich and luxurious palace in the countryside, very far away from her family. Of course. Yeah. So then he announces that he's he's going to leave the country, and he gives the keys to his wife, to every door in their chateau. Mistake. And he's yeah, and he says this these keys will open any door in this house. He said each of them contains some of his riches, except for the underground chamber that he strictly forbids her to enter, lest she suffer his wrath. So he then goes away and leaves the house and the keys with her. And she invites her sister and her friends and cousins over for a party. And then eventually overcome with desire, like Pandora's box. Yeah. She has to see what's in that room. So she sneaks away from the party and goes, downst- and goes downstairs to into this room. She, and in opening the door, she discovers that the room is flooded with blood and the murdered corpses of his former wives hanging on hooks from the walls. Horrified, she drops the keys in the blood and flees the room. She tries to wash the blood from the key, but the key is magical and the blood cannot be removed. Fearing for her life, she reveals her husband's secrets to her visiting sister, and they plan to both flee the next morning. However, Bluebeard unexpectedly returns and finds the bloody key. In a blind rage, he threatens to kill his wife on the spot, but she asks for one last prayer with her sister Anne. Then Blue- and then as Bluebeard is about to deliver the fatal blow, Anne and the wife's brothers arrive and kill Bluebeard. The wife inherits his fortune and castle and has the dead wives b- uh, buried. Uh, she uses the fortune to have her other siblings married, then remarries herself, finally moving on from her horrible experience with Bluebeard. That's the Wikipedia version of the story, so I imagine that's a very quick synopsis. Yeah. And the happy ending version, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, maybe. I don't know. It's a French fairy tale, so it might not be as gory as Grimm's. Oh, Grimm's. Those German tales. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, there's a lot more, but that was just, like, the plot synopsis of it on Wikipedia. And there's, like, all kinds of variations of it. Yeah. I mean, there's... Oh, God, this list is so long. Of variations. There's... Even novels written in the past ten years about it. There's a book by... A novel by Helen... Oh, Jesus. O-Y-E-Y-E-M-I-O-Y-E-M-E. Called Mr. Fox. It's about it. Um, there's... Oh, fuck. Where did one go? Oh, there's one called... Uh, oh, this was definitely something written in French. I'm not going to know how to pronounce that. 
it looks like it's Bluebeard in French. A novel by Emily Notom. Sure. Um, and then Fitcher's Brides is a novel by Gregory Frost from 2002. So that's within the last 20 years. But there's quite a lot of books that it looks like that were written based on this story. And all the drawings of him look like he looks like a like a sultan from Aladdin. He looks like Jafar. <laughs> like, look, does that not look like Jafar to you? Oh, shit. Right? Yeah, that looks like an early sketch of Jafar. Yeah. The beard is just longer and the, and the hat is poofier. Yeah. But he has the cane and everything. He's got a pimp cane for sure. Yeah, like... there's And there's a lot of variations of the story, so... It reminds me a lot of, like, a Pandora's box type of story. Yeah. And he looks very much, like, Bluebeard looks very much like the sultan-esque character. Yeah. Like, just the way he dresses. Let me give you all these riches. Right? Right? I need some riches. I'll take them all. Right? Bring them this way. I I kind of like the room. Right? I kind of like that one, though. I I liked the, the, obviously not the murder, but I liked the (laughs) the Bluebeard story and that, like, that's kind of where they derived his name from. But, man, I wish he would have confessed everything else because that's just so, I hate when they do that shit. Don't take it to your grave. Let everyone know. Stop being a dill hole. Right? Let people rest in peace, Jesus. Right? But they can't do that. I bet his farm is haunted. Oh, fuck yeah. You should look up. What is this one called? That makes me think of like in a weird... The Quiet Dell. The Quiet Dell. Quiet Dell, West Virginia. You should look it up and see if that farm's still there and if it's haunted. Let's see. It makes me think of like a... Elizabeth Bathory. Is it Quiet Dell? Yeah, Quiet Dell. I don't know if I know that story. That sounds familiar. So Elizabeth Bathory was, um, and the reason that I thought of this was because there was a movie that was in a weird twisted way based off of the story. And the, in the movie it was, you play this video game and it's the story of Elizabeth Bathory and you have to like try and survive the game, but if you die in the game, you die in real life. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's actually a really good movie. Huh. But, um, so she was obsessed with, like, staying young and beautiful, and so she would bathe in women's blood, like, younger women's blood. Oh, that's like, a what's her name? Great American Horror Story. That season, uh, Coven. That season where Kathy Bates. Oh, yeah. Like what Kathy Bates does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked up. Right? Oh my gosh. That's some fucked up shit right there. Oh my gosh. Whew. Yeah, the That's movie heavy. was. I want to say. Yeah, it's called Stay Alive. Huh. But it's from 2006. Never heard of that movie before. Really? Oh, we have to watch it. Do we? Yes. It doesn't sound like something I yes. would have It has Malcolm in the Middle in it! Yeah. <laughs> and Sophia Bush, who I love. It... Okay. I'm going to make you watch it. Only because Frankie Muniz is in it. Yes. I feel like since, unfortunately, we're not going to have Halloween Horror Nights this year, we should just have a scary movie day. We're already having a Halloween party. What more do you want from me? But Halloween Horror Nights is like two months long. So we need to have two months of Halloween parties? Or just watching scary movies. I'll give you one day. But I get a day where we go to a pumpkin patch. Down. I want to go to a pumpkin patch, and I want to dress cute, and I want you to take cute pictures of me. Okay. Okay, cool. 
that we figured that out on on the podcast. <laughs> but oh oh oh. So starting soon, uh, we are going to start having some of our friends from other states come on the show with us. And so there's going to be three of us talking. Um, here in the next couple weeks, my friend Katie is going to come on the show when we do Texas. And she's going to talk about her hometown and some of the scary shit that she's with. She has all kinds of crazy stories that she's told me before. So when I said we were going to do Texas, I immediately had to ask her. So I'm really excited for her to come on the show in the next couple weeks. Um, I think one of our friends is going to come to do the Carolinas with us. Um, she's going to come do that. I think Allison said she would come do that with us. Yeah. I hope I hope she still wants to come do that with us. Uh, and then we have we have some other people, some other of our friends lined up that like the show and want to come talk about their scary their scary lives with us. So I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. Yeah, but, definitely. It's going to be great, and I, I'm really excited to hear, like, other people's stories. I know, me too. I'm tired of your voice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I'm just kidding. I'm you just d- kidding. You didn't but, like it when I yelled that I was a broken toy last time? No. <laughs> no, but what, um, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up? No, I, you know, um, definitely this was, it was really interesting and a different, I know, it was kind of fun to do it this way, but let us know fun. what you think if you guys like us kind of doing it at random. I think if we do it again, we should probably give ourselves, like, maybe 30 minutes because I feel like I had enough time to, like, find stuff, but not enough time to, like, organize how I was going to put everything together. But I think, like, this was definitely a fun method, and I think it was a a really nice different approach. But let us know what you guys think, and... Yeah. As always, share your stories with us. We yeah. really want to hear more. Yeah, absolutely. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SpookyYourBust. And like Mary Mother said, send us that email at SpookyYourBust at gmail.com. All right. Bye. Bye.